Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew and joining me, as always, is... Maveen Cora. Hey, Maveen, how's it going? Hey, David, I'm doing very good, man. I'm just sipping on my tea like usual, <laughs> and uh, this time I got a different blend in my cup, and uh, excited uh, to do our conversation today. Great. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as well. And I, when you came up with it, I felt like it was a fairly unique topic. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about 10 ways to make $100. You know, we know that many of you might be aspiring to much more than that. But I think it all starts with figuring out your mindset around how to make a little bit of money and turning a little bit of money into more money is not as big of a shift when you can already make that little bit of money. I've even heard some people say, I'll get into the smallest possible niche I can get into. And even if there's only five cents in it, I want the five cents. (laughs) So, you know, that's a relatable starting point for just about anybody. And we firmly believe that anybody listening to this could easily make an extra $100 per month using some of the strategies we've shared here. Maybe not all of them, but some of them will be applicable more than likely. So do you want to start us off? Yeah, for sure. You know, I just wanted to kind of add to that as well, David. I know, sure. uh, you know, if, if you can't see yourself making $100 in a, a day or in a month or over a one week period, you know, start smaller than that $100 goal. I mean, we're going to talk about $100 just because we know over, you know, over one month, an extra $100 is, you know, $1,200 at the end of the year. Now, if you can start looking at ways to make $100 a month, a week, sorry, now that's an extra, you know, $5,200 in the year, right? And, True. you know, if... Whatever your goal is, start small. If you got to think, you can only think ten dollars right now. Then think ten dollars, but then add another zero to that. And then you know how cool is it when you can add a zero to that hundred dollars, and now you got a thousand dollars an extra month, which equals about twelve thousand dollars a year, right? So I think the this talk is a great talk for anybody, no matter where you are in your business or in your mindset for uh, just you know looking for that extra cash or potentially even supplementing uh, an income. Well, that's what I want. Something I wanted to say as well. Like for many people. Uh, that difference in income could actually be life-changing, you know, uh, just a hundred dollars. It's pretty amazing to think about like, you know, a hundred dollars, 20, 30, 40 years ago would be considerably more than a hundred dollars today. But you know, when you stop and think about what a hundred dollars can afford you, I mean, it could probably uh, feed a, a single person for two weeks or possibly even three weeks if you distribute it well. So. Absolutely. You know, and, and what's the other thing you can do with a hundred dollars, right? I think I'd like to go just kind of before we get into giving the, the, you know, the, the ideas of what we've come up with to the people, you yeah. know, I think before you want to make a hundred dollars, you got to have a reason to make a hundred dollars. That's true. And, uh, you know, the, you know, I mean, let's go back and forth and maybe think of things, what we would do with a hundred extra hundred dollars and, and let's, you know, and have our uh, listening audience maybe start brainstorming what things they could possibly do with another hundred dollars as well. Well, I like the idea of investing back into my business. So maybe like spending a hundred dollars into advertising to maybe draw in some new customers. You could put an extra hundred dollars into your savings account. As long as you have a goal for what that savings account means to you. I have three buckets. One is the emergency fund. And I think everybody should have an emergency fund. And fear is actually a strong motivator for many of us, (laughs) right? So having that emergency fund is great. The other two buckets, one of them is the dream fund. We all would love to be able to do the things we want to do, whether that's like buying a a bass boat or going on vacation to Hawaii. If you put away $100 per month, well, you could probably get a decent vacation within 15 to 20 months. It's not as long as it might sound. And then my final 
savings account is the aggressive growth, growth, growth fund. So after everything else I've paid into my dream fund or my emergency fund, with all of that backup, I can now invest aggressively into things I believe in or want to do. And obviously you want to build that to a substantial point before you start investing aggressively. Cause if you don't have resources to play with really nothing's going to happen with, with that money. A lot of people will like to play with a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. And really you need tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to play at the level that most people actually aspire to in investing. So, you know, you're, you're right there, you know, and there is a place for putting your money aside, David, and just kind of, you know, enjoying it in the future. But sometimes, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people like myself and maybe yourself too, we're in that place where we could use $100 today to maybe even take our wives out or our girlfriends out yeah. for a nice dinner. Maybe we can use that $100 if you got kids to go to a movie these days, right? Two adult tickets yeah. and a couple of kids tickets and popcorn and pop, you know, add, add to probably close to $100, right? So it's a nice evening out with the family, out with your friends. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do, like buy clothes, buy shoes, uh, you know, even put the extra hundred dollars towards your mortgage if you have one. Yeah, there's a lot of immediate things or uh, immediate pulls towards having that extra one hundred dollars, assuming that you aren't already backwards in your finances, in which case that you probably should just put that towards your debt. That's true, too. You know, I always uh, felt the same. If you're in a place of debt, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Absolutely, you know, it is sometimes needed to to do the things you need to do. And I know with the economy that we have in Canada and U.S., there's a lot of people who are in debt, maybe for good or bad reasons. Yeah. But, you know, wherever the, our listeners are in, in their financial point today, that's okay. That can change, right? And that's kind of why I think we came up with this idea of doing the how to make $100 is... That $100 today can change your life forever because not only does it put extra money in your pocket, it really gives you that different uh, kind of mindset in, in how to become maybe a better business owner or be better with your yeah. own money, right? Not just, hey, I got an extra $100, I'm going to spend it. I think you you hit it on the nose. It's like, you know, pay your debts and then start maybe putting it away when you start putting that extra $100 towards your debt, right? If you start putting an extra $100 towards your credit card, for example, just imagine how quickly you can, you know, pay off that credit card and how much additional money you can save in interest alone. Yeah, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, if you're not aware of how much interest you're paying on your credit cards, that might be something to have a closer look at and see how terrifying it actually is. And then maybe some fear-based motivation will give you the fire that you need to, to go and make that extra $100. But really, we're not talking about a huge investment in time or energy or resources to make that $100. And that's because it's not necessarily hard to do. But having those ideas and having those tools on your belt will help you to get to that point quicker. Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm going to start it off. Uh, let's start with, uh, I'm going to start with a little bit different way. I'm not going to talk about different ways we can work and make $100. I'm going to just talk about things that we already are doing. So one of the things a lot of us have in our homes is a television. And, you know, we're watching six, maybe eight hours a day of television. You know, at night we come home after work if we're not, uh, you know, if we're at work because we're doing that nine to five kind of hour. So one of the things we can definitely do to help us make an extra $100, uh, you know, in a month, in this example, is, you know, cut your television. 
you know, cut your cable subscription. You know, there's that's easily a hundred dollars, especially if you have it bundled with other services. Well, exactly. You know, and sometimes I know they do bun- allow you to bundle the services to bring those costs down. You know, take a look at what you really need. You know, most of the days I now, agree. you know, you really just need the internet. To be honest, you know, a lot of stuff you can watch either on uh, different uh, multi, uh, sorry, social media stuff like YouTube, and you can go to different uh, channels on the internet and watch different videos, and you can catch up on the news and you can catch up on a lot of different uh, shows even like Netflix on, yeah, on the internet. If you right? just so, switch over to Netflix or something like that. I don't think either of us advocate going to like a quote unquote free site to watch content. I mean, it's there. It's not really your fault that it's there, but you know, I still like supporting the shows and people that I like, the creative people that I like. So No, for sure, right? And I mean, but people are uploading the news and people are uploading, you know, clips onto different places. Yeah. So, you know, if it's free right now, then, you know, I'm not going to tell you to go or not to go, but I no. do go myself. So <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, Fair watch, a, you know, I'll watch a music video or I'll watch a, a news clip that I missed on CNN that I'll watch on YouTube instead, right? I mean, it's saving me $100 easy a month just by cutting my cable subscription in this case, right? Right now, when I had, uh, I'm just going to kind of go back here for a second. When I actually bought my home just uh, about a year ago now, they actually gave us a one year free subscription uh, to the, you know, the internet, cable TV and telephone as well. So that was just a way for us, for them to attract us. Right. So now once that uh, subscription ends, we will then have to refigure out, you know, do we want to pay now a hundred dollars a month, which is a true expense now out of our pocket for these three services or can we just live with just the internet and you know even a a landline if we still require it yeah i think you just made me think of something else too so this might end up being like 11 ways so maybe 10 ways plus one bonus way but but it is connected to what you just said which is things lying around in your house something that i still do and and more than likely this will become not worth my time at some point in the very near future is collect bottles, cans, things like that. And then I'll take them to the bottle depot. Now, to be fair, you know, if you're purchasing all those bottles and cans, really, you're not earning anything. You would have to go out on the streets or like ask your neighbors about collecting bottles and cans to really make it something that's actually a profit, right? Otherwise, you're just fighting against the costs that you've already spent. But we all spend on drinks if we're truly honest with ourselves, whether that's alcoholic drinks or pop or like aloe vera or, or green tea based, you know, beverages, even a bottle of water, even a bottle of water. There you go. So if you collect those things and take them to the bottle, you you get a bit of money back. And that's something I still do. And I collect my own bottles and cans in addition to my roommates. So <laughs> there you go. So now you're making their, uh, their money on their deposits. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you know, you made me think too, one of the things you said, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, especially come winter now, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of these little kids out going door to door to collect cans for their um, their hockey teams or whatnot as well, right? So, I mean, it's a great totally. place to also take those same cans that we we collect for ourselves and, then you know, and, and, and donate it to these kids as well, right? I mean, I see kids all the time coming and I feel bad because I'll give it to the first one and there's a, another one coming and there's girl guides coming and there's another one coming and they all want your cans and it's like, I already gave it to the one that was being before you so it's tough you know you start feeling bad because you can't give all your cans to you know divide them up but it is a great way to help in the community as well by you know spreading that out i don't see why not 
next point is to sell household items. So you talked a little bit about canceling services or canceling subscriptions that you have that you don't need. It could be not just TV, but also like magazine subscriptions that perhaps aren't like adding value or any immediate value to your life. Like I know there's a lot of great publications out there, but you know, some of them are just going to draw attention away from maybe thinking about how to get the finances that you need for your family or for the lifestyle that you've chosen for yourself that you're looking to live or maybe you're aspiring to. So, I mean, household items, you'd have to, might have to sell a good number of them to get to hundred dollars all, or if it's like an old couch, but a nice couch, you could maybe even get more than a hundred dollars for it. So there's really a lot of different, there's a lot of potential there and you could even hold like a garage sale to get a bunch of items in one place and get rid of things that you don't even need anymore, clearing that clutter away to make room for new things. That's how, how I always think about clearing clutter. So. You know, it's perfect. I think I uh, just kind of want to take your example. I'm actually going to move into my example with that one, if it's okay. Sure. Um, because your example of going to garage sales really just works into my example I had. So um, one thing that myself and my wife have enjoyed doing is actually going to garage sales and, you know, finding items that we could purchase and resell, right? So we'll find a, pr- a product, you know, uh, we've bought anything and everything that we think that we could sell and make some money with, right? So, I mean, we've bought uh, old projectors, we've bought old lamps we've bought and uh, we found a pair of Ray-Bans for a dollar and, and they're real so we're going to sell them for over a hundred dollars uh, in profit as well so I mean we just look for things we've found paintings we've found you know anything that people may be selling that they don't see of interest like they say right one man's um, garbage is another man's treasure right so that's what eBay is all about yeah that's exactly <laughs> and we're on eBay too yeah. so you know and, and that's kind of the the format we've chosen just to have as a little side fun thing to do right me and the me and the my wife we go out and we'll um, you know kind of plan our day and kind of plan what we want to do on a Saturday and and even sometimes on a Sunday and we'll kind of go to different parts where we think the, the people might be having the best garage sale and might have the best items and we'll try to see what we can find right and it's kind of fun thing to do together and we actually learn quite a bit about different products and you have some really cool conversations with the different people who have had these products as well and and they can tell you all the history behind it so you know when it comes down to your research on selling it they've already kind of giving you a lot of the uh the the um things you need to know about the it. talking points yeah the really interesting thing that i like about that is like you're not talking about having a garage sale you're talking about going to a garage sale so really it's this concept of investment if i put in this amount of money i can potentially get this amount of money back obviously there's no guarantees but i've done the same thing and it also ties in directly with what i'm going to share which is maybe just like a, a term for what you just described is like arbitrage right exactly yeah and arbitrage sounds like something scary and difficult to do but it's exactly what Maveen described it's buying goods at a low price and then selling them at a higher price now we have to be somewhat careful like if you're an Amazon seller uh, they're coming down pretty strictly on third-party sellers at this point I would not recommend getting into retail arbitrage on Amazon but meanwhile what Maveen described is perfectly acceptable and legal too like for example uh, I was driving somebody I, I give them rides it, <laughs> I like to do nice things for people sometimes so I just met this guy and I was driving him home and we got to talking about guitar because I'm a musician and he said he had a old guitar he was looking to get rid of like he didn't want to put it in hands or put it, give it to somebody that that wouldn't take good care of it 
but he kind of, I guess he obviously needed the money more so than he needed the guitar. Right. So I bought it off of him for a hundred bucks. Wow. But I didn't need the guitar. So then I turned around and sell it to somebody who was responsible as well uh, for more money. So that's an example of how arbitrage can work. Some of the lesser forms, quote unquote, of arbitrage are like hawking tickets to, to an event. Like I just, that's a little crazy to me. Like, oh, I bought these tickets, but I didn't really want to go to this concert. Or like people that just want to make a buttload of money on the tickets that somebody else wanted in the first place. It's, it's kind of kind of unfair you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you on that one i've actually i've actually had to sell tickets that i've bought previously you know um just that, rec- well that i can see right because yeah. now you're committed to an event and now you can't go for whatever reason something more urgent came up so then you want to sell your tickets like that i can totally understand well i did sell them at a profit as well so let's just <laughs> let's just enough. say that as well fair right enough. now i could have definitely sold them at face value but i mean not that i bought them to sell because it was just one ticket i sold i didn't sell a pair of tickets you know luckily the person who bought it wanted just one ticket right i mean it's very tough sometimes to find people who want just the one ticket as well right so you're right even if you're buying uh, to go and then you get sick and you can't go or you know an emergency comes up sometimes you know you buy these tickets and you know you can lose on them as well especially if you can't make it right so you can yeah but that is you know one thing a lot of people do or like really nowadays it's mostly bots bots are buying up all the tickets and then selling them on other sites for more money yeah i don't 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 like that at all yeah that's maybe where you know you want to draw the line a little bit yeah, I agree with you. You know, uh, we've tr- we've got up and, and try to get to the pre-sales all the time. And, you know, for just different concerts that are coming in Calgary or in Edmonton, uh, you know, it's not a far drive from here, right? And as soon as we're on there, all the floor tickets are sold out, the first level sold out. Mm. And it's like, how could this possibly be, right? Because, I mean, we just literally jumped on and it just the first opened second. up, right? Yeah, and it's just, it, you know, it's uh, frustrating, you know, especially when you're when you're trying to buy something and you're and you're doing it legally and you're, you know, you're, you're taking your time and and you're getting beat beat by these robots that can just you know do it a lot faster than you and 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 then end up you have to end up buying from them and you're buying from them at uh, a much much higher price right but again if we're looking at ways to make a hundred dollars that's a great way to make a hundred dollars yeah, true it is it is for <laughs> sure well the the interesting thing about about tickets too like obviously the certain number are going to be given away by like a radio station so you know that maybe accounts for five or ten tickets and then maybe there's other ticket giveaways but when like exactly what you said when when you're seeing that a hundred hundreds of tickets or even potentially thousands of tickets are already sold out and you can't get a good seat anymore that's when you're like what i was on here for a second like what happened (laughs) (laughs) that's true and you know you actually made me think of something like if you call into radio stations and you're uh, let's say you win a pair of uh tickets right not necessarily that you wanted to go to it but let's say you win a pair of tickets to like say a country uh concert and i'm personally not into you know country music nothing wrong with it just not my style of music but if i want to you know a pair i could love to sell them right and that's just another way to win uh win tickets and then even potentially sell them just to make a hundred dollars as well potentially depending on the artist well i think you bring up a really interesting point there which is you know people go on to like jeopardy or wheel fortune or maybe even they just enter a local contest with some some chain store like shoppers drug mart or whatever i'm just throwing out examples but whatever you enter the contest and you win something well for some people it would be better to turn around and sell that item than to keep it in many cases like if if you're in debt or if you're in some kind of financial trouble 
holding on to that item will actually just kind of create that resentment because now you're like, I can't actually afford it. I, I just want a car, but now I have to service it every month and now I have to put gas in it. And this is like stealing away money from me. Well, the car's brand new. Uh, it's still going to be less than probably what was just driven off the lot, but you can still sell it for a considerable amount of money. Put that towards your debt, put that towards your savings, pay yourself first, and then you know you could start tackling some of those financial issues that you have. So that's something to consider too. You know, I'm going to use that as a, as a nice segue here to go on to my next point. You I think jerk. You, <laughs> I think you, you nailed it. It's perfect for what I want to say. Uh, it's, if, you, if you're in financial problems, which, you know, not, not all our listeners are, a lot of our listeners are in a different, they're all over in different places in life right now. And, you know, some have kids, some have no kids, some are divorced, some are just getting married, some are single and going to stay single, right? Yeah. But all of us have a need for money. And a lot of us have have credit cards that we also use on a daily basis. So, you know, one of the ways that I found for myself also uh, were to save money was um, to find credit cards that had a lower interest rate, right? Mm. And over a one month or over a one year period, you can save considerably a lot of money by paying lower interest on your own credit cards, right? So I know a lot of the times the credit cards I had were uh, 19, 20%, you know, and I know there's cards that are higher. There are cards that are lower as well, right? So trying to qualify for some of those cards that are a bit lower interest rates can be a great way to save that additional interest that you're not paying to the credit card companies, keeping a little bit more money in your pocket so you can use it to go do other things you want to do or pay down your debt a lot faster because you're not paying it on interest. Now you can pay it back on principal. Now, one thing to look out for there, and I think that's a really great idea, is just that the worse worse off you are financially, the, the worse the deal you tend to get with with your credit cards so you can't expect to get a really great deal if you're already in debt you might just get one of the crappiest credit cards and they're like yeah you got to pay off your entire balance in the first month (laughs) which you know not easy for everybody no and like and some of them don't even disclose that information up front so you're like shoot really i have to pay oh no no you know i'm in trouble now so always look at the terms but i agree if you can get a better deal even if like even at a bank, for example, if you're getting charged too many fees for the use of your debit card, why not switch banks or switch accounts or find a solution that that's worthwhile? Because I'm sure some competitors would be more than happy to help you out and to sign you up for a new account. Yeah, you know, especially these days, right? You you said something about the fine print and one of the things that we should be aware in the fine print, sometimes there is a, a yearly fee that we have to pay for having these credit cards That's because right. a lot of times they are attached to, um, you know, reward points or whatnot for the people, right? So sometimes we, we get, uh, you know, we get all the glitter of the reward points and don't always think about the money it's going to cost us to gain these rewards reward points, which are free, right? That, that these companies want to give us for using their cards. And they're not really free either. And I put that in quotations because, you know, they're really using the interest that we pay on our credit cards to really give us those rewards, right? So they're really rewarding us with our own money in, in essence. Something my friend said, friend said to me, and I think Dave Ramsey says the same thing. Nobody gets rich off of points. So, you know, how people, <laughs> like, people like really insist on getting their airplane miles or whatever it is, you know, shoppers, drug mart points, <laughs> There's everybody has these points. 
but you know, you're, you're probably not going to get rich off of them. And the most you can expect is like maybe a couple free products here and there, or perhaps like a percentage off your bill or something like that. Right. And I think those are fine because they're typically free cards anyways. Yeah. But I'm just, I, you know, we're talking definitely about those cards that our listeners are paying for. So, you know, just take a look at how many cards you have and how much interest you're paying over all those different cards. And sometimes even consolidating potentially into one card with the lowest interest rate is a great way to save, you know, not only $100, but, uh, you know, a lot more per month potentially over uh, the lifetime of your spending habit. I think the greatest savings there is actually reduced stress of anything else because you're looking at, oh, I've got like five bills coming in this month. Well, you know, if you have that consolidated into one and you know exactly what your payments are going to be, or at least close to what your payments are going to be, you can budget better and you can expect it. So really the, the best thing that you're getting out of that is less stress. That's right. And, you know, once you got that credit card paid off and, you know, it may take some time, uh, you know, I know we're, we're beating it down a little bit, but I think <laughs> once it is paid down is finding ways to get rid of that credit card as well, right? I and agree. then living either on a fully cash system or uh, just a debit card system. But I think something you said earlier as well with the debit cards, making sure you understand what your transaction fees are. And, you know, if, if your transaction fees are too high through your bank, you're correct. Find, find another uh, institution that won't charge you as much because there's lots of them right now looking for ways to gain your business. With network marketing, it was certainly instilled on us too that like, you know, debt was not a great thing and you should pay for most things in cash when and where possible. And and in general, I kind of agree. As an entrepreneur though, I also find that you need some play. You need need to have some funds. Like we couldn't do what we're doing right now, Maveen, if we didn't have a little bit of play in our schedule, a little bit of play in terms of the funds and, and resources that we can dedicate to an idea like this. So that's one thing to consider. But like, if you can get it down to one credit card, at least even as an entrepreneur, then you're going to be much better off and less stressed. And you're gonna be able to manage it a lot better. Yeah. And the next point that I wanted to share is live performance. This is not going to apply to everybody. And I think I said at the beginning that some of these points may not, but let's say for example, that you're a stand-up comedian or a practicing musician or somebody that has some ability or skill that can perform live. Sometimes even people that can juggle or clowns even, <laughs> or mimes, right? Could like do some street performance and then busk all day and may potentially earn a hundred dollars. It's variable. There's no guarantee that you're going to make a hundred bucks, but you know, in, in the places that I play or in the bands that I play, making a hundred bucks at a venue is not difficult. And some bands I'm sure won't feel that way. And some musicians or artists listening to this won't feel that way, but partly it's an issue of self-confidence, just believing that you're actually worth that amount and then coming up with a product that you can present and be proud of. And no matter what other people say, because honestly, music will always be subjective. It's never completely objective thing, but it's definitely possible if you have that talent, if you've developed it, if you've worked on it, then live performance is totally a viable way to make at least a hundred bucks. No, that's a great thing. That's a great thing, David. I know, uh, I know a lot of guys who are into music as well, including yourself. You know, would you mind giving our audience maybe a little example of how um, you maybe started off going, getting into live performance, and you know, maybe a story about how you made your first hundred dollars in that? 
Interesting. Well, I was beginning to pick up guitar when I was 17 and I was also going to church and churches are eager to have people on their worship teams almost always. That's a great way to keep you in church, I think, isn't it? <laughs> it might be. And, and, you know, I did it, you know, I decided to be a part of that and, you know, a certain amount of discipline with that, like getting up at six and then driving in to be at church for seven for practice. And then uh, after practice, then you're there till noon, you know, for the two services or whatever it is. It depends on the church and what their setup is. But in, in our case, that's usually what it was. So I, I think, though, my first $100 was also made because of my association with the church. I think we had some kind of anniversary gathering, perhaps, like it had been a certain number of years since the church was established. So like there was a dinner and I was one of the musicians performing that night. And that's probably how I made my first hundred bucks. And that was within year two of starting. So very nice. But you, you developed the skill while you were at the church and you're oh, playing yeah. and you and people got to know who you were and kind of what your uh, style was. And you got to perfect your style as well. And in that meantime, as you were getting, you know, perfecting yourself, you were also preparing yourself to make that first hundred dollars in performance and more in the future, right? Well, I was also self-critical and I don't think I was great yet, but, you know, I was at least able to see that, you know, okay, there's still room for improvement. I can still be better. But like, yeah, I offered the best music I could at the time. Right. No, I'm not saying you were perfect. <laughs> I'm just saying you were good for where you were. <laughs> I, I, I like to think so, yeah. Awesome. Uh, like, you know, I worked hard at it, right? Early on, like, a lot, I guess a lot of people would just kind of wade into the waters. But when I started playing guitar, I was like, there could be something here. And I feel like I have a natural tendency towards it. So I might as well develop that fast and not just like go into it tentative, tentatively. Right, no, and, and you do this all the time, and I mean, you have great conversations about some of the audiences that you guys play for um, when you guys go out to different venues and stuff, right? And what would you say, you know, typically, how many people need to show up uh, at the venue for the person holding the event to be profitable, typically, and still pay you guys and still have a great payday for themselves? Well, I think sort of the typical pub or bar, it, you can expect them to make five, $6,000 in sales per day, if not five figures. So it's, you know, it's not necessarily the responsibility of, of the musician to keep track of that or to try to invite the right number of people to get there more. So like I see the responsibility, unless, you know, it's your CD release party, then you want all your fans there. If it's a special occasion, obviously, but the responsibility of the musician first and foremost, I think is to keep the people that are there there so that they keep buying more alcohol they keep buying more food they keep buying more drinks and then really you've done your job in helping that bar or that place of business earn what they need to make so that's probably not in revenue right that's gross amount that they're making and i, I couldn't tell you what all their expenses are but obviously employees foods ingredients things like that right so do you feel our listeners who are uh, into music uh could you know take what you just said and maybe even do one gig a month, let's call it, and make a hundred dollars themselves uh, doing exactly what you've done. Well, I don't see why not. I think you would basically want to negotiate the terms and also make sure that you have a product that they want, whether it's the audience wants it or the bar wants it. You, you might have to meet somewhere in the middle as far as like creatively what you want to do, what the audience expects, and what the bar expects you to do in terms of like how long. To perform, I, I think $100 for $100, like a 45 minute set is totally fair. 
as a solo artist, maybe two sets, but then you might be selling yourself a bit short if you're any good at what you do. And if you're not great, okay, well, I think everybody needs to start somewhere. So start paying, start playing for free. Okay. And then build up from there. Cause I did tons of free gigs that didn't pay any money playing in church that might have its rewards, but <laughs> usually it wasn't money. No, 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 that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's doable. I just couldn't necessarily tell you. There's, there's no one trajectory in music that everybody can follow to do exactly what I've done. All you can do is to be as good as you can be and daily work towards that. So what it took me three years to accomplish might take you a year, but it also might take you 10 years to feel that level of comfort playing for an audience. So I wish I could say there was like a proven method, but really everybody learns at a different pace. Everybody improves at a different pace, songwriting, singing, playing an instrument. There's so many different elements and factors to being good at music. Again, if you have a product that enough people want, making a hundred bucks should be that difficult. You know, you're you're right. And uh, one of the things I like what you said is working at the right pace, right? Yeah. And uh, when you're working at the right pace, you're only not improving on yourself, but you're also finding different ways and different, you know, you're networking on different ways to get out there and uh, and make yourself profitable, you know, not only in the short term, but also for the long term, because people will get to know your name as well. Even if you do a free couple of free gigs, that's great because you're investing that time today to make money tomorrow, right? And make that $100 down the road and more. More, right and um, that that I think is just a great a great example David well there's a common saying that proves true in music which is that there's no practice like live performance nothing will teach you faster what you're good at and not good at and what needs more practice and, and attention than live performance when your nerves are kind of going a bit crazy you so. know <laughs> you make me laugh because I thought the exact same thing about school right there's uh there's the things you learn in school and you learn in college and in university um but there's no real you know uh learning until you actually get hands on in your job that you want to do right so i fully agree with you as well great point what's your next point there Mav? you know my next point is kind of uh working with the idea of having uh, an audience as well now this point here is um you may have to build on it and, and like you were talking about earlier doing the work for free or you know when you first get started and then building your audience uh my point here that i've i wrote down was uh maybe inviting let's say 20 people at five dollars a person to come join a discussion you know at five times 20 is a hundred dollars right now you may have to start off with you know doing your discussions for free right and that discussion can be on any topic that you enjoy talking about uh, any topic that you have an audience that wants to come listen to you talk about as well mm. right so it's not something that you may be able to charge for right away when you have no experience or no uh, um, no audience behind you or no real network behind you right but you know you get out there maybe you have, meet one or two people first at first for free and you kind of start building from there get them to spread the word uh, to other people telling them what you're about and what they're learning from you and you build to that right you build to that 20 people then you build to that people who are coming you know 20 30 people that are coming and then you know you look at ways to to make some money on that because your time is valuable you're trying to build a brand and you know you can start maybe potentially charging let's say five dollars now would people get turned off yeah some people would probably get turned off because they they feel entitled to you uh working for free and that kind of goes back to what we were saying in our last episode where people do feel entitled sometimes to getting things when when uh 
you know, and they don't want to pay for things. But I mean, when you bring value to people, uh, charging $5, which is not a lot of money, because there's many speakers, you know, we were just uh, talking about before we started recording, uh, Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins, uh, his new movie here that he put out a couple months back, uh, you know, in his one six day session, he charges $5,000. So I mean, $5 a person is uh, very... uh, uh, easy, I think, for a lot of people to come up with compared to five dollars. Now you're you're maybe not going through the same type of system, but it's a great place to start for the people and for yourself to start developing your own business and maybe you know to kind of see where that takes you. Well, and the interesting part about that, and you kind of touched on it, is that that's a scalable business model, right? On the one hand, you could be like a consultant. Now there's only a certain point at which you run out of time personally, and you can't do any more of that. But like consultants are often paid fairly well and if you pick your industry well you won't have to like travel all the time and dedicate all your time to like planning and learning and building new skills that is actually kind of one of the exciting parts of consulting mind you so like if that's what you want to do you could do that but so on the one hand yeah getting gathering people together in a group you could consult with them in your particular industry if you know it well or around a particular idea and then teach them how to do it and then the other way of looking at it is actually online community or like even just community period you, there's not necessarily a limit to the number of people you could bring into like an online community as an entrepreneur you could bring in as many as you feel you can actually handle and manage like how many questions could you answer in a day kind of is really where where your limit would be but then if you train and hire other people then it's really kind of a limitless very scalable business too That's- so it does appeal to me like the idea that you could first start with maybe a hundred dollars, get $5 each to, to people to pay that amount. And I think even like hosting like a small scale music industry conference, I think it's quite possible that I could get people to pay 15, $20 to come out to something like that. Yeah, for sure. You know, once you become good at what you do, right? So for our listeners, you know, it's it's the idea of trying to figure out what you're good at, right? And and uh, what is it that you enjoy doing? And what do you think, uh, based on what you're good at doing, will people pay you to kind of learn from, right? I know That's for right. yourself, uh, you're a music guy, right? You like you like playing and you, you, could you teach maybe uh, 20 people to play at $5 an hour, let's say, but over 20 people, that's 100 bucks an hour you just made, but you taught as a big class, right? It's kind of what they do with teachers in school as well, right? They, they pay them their, I don't know, their really low wages, unfortunately, to teach our kids, right? And, um, you know, 30 kids, 40 kids in a classroom sometimes, at least when I was growing up, it was like 30, 40 kids. Now I think sometimes they have try to bring those class sizes down and try to make it a little bit more personal but still you're still getting paid the same amount of money to teach a small group of people versus individual right so they're trying to they're using that and um you know trying to replicate that into each one of the kids well it leads nicely into my next more gooder way of making money more gooder way i love it (laughs) which is teaching and or instruction right the thing about something like guitar instruction and you touched on it like no people don't pay me five dollars an hour to to teach guitar it's it's more like sixty dollars an hour so it there's a couple of different ways that would work if i was teaching in a studio i'd actually have to teach anywhere from six to ten students to make that 100 bucks but if i was teaching privately that could be one two or maybe three students but there's a very, you know, it's it's actually kind of similar to what you said earlier about getting a group together of people and then having them each pay you $5. But this is like more 
perhaps one-on-one, or it could be even a more formalized like group session on a particular course, particular training, particular subject that you feel confident you can teach on. And I think skills like music, like language would be another valuable one that people would pay you for. Like I speak Japanese. Could I teach Japanese lessons more than likely and actually charge a good amount for it? I think if I tried to teach uh, Hindi or Punjabi, I'd have to pay the people back because it's pretty bad. <laughs> even though I can speak it, it's pretty bad. And even something something <laughs> as minute, because like I don't do my own taxes. I have an accountant that does mine. If you could teach people how to do their taxes right at the end of the year, I'd say there's probably some people that would pay for that because guess what? Now you're saving them money year after year. Well, you said that, you know, that's definitely a great business model, but even just to start saving yourself some money, depending on what kind of business you have, if you don't really have a business, let's say you're a nine to five type guy that works, you can actually teach yourself to do your own taxes, use the software that's available. Don't, you know, I'm not saying take money out of the accounts pockets, because I would never say that, but I mean, it's just a great way to start uh, because the accounts usually charge, at least uh, accounts usually charge about $100 plus to do your taxes sometimes. So if you can do your own tax, it's just another great way mm. of one not only learning how to do it yourself and, and what it takes and what kind of stuff you can actually write off in your in your personal life or and or your business but it's a great way to put that money aside and and like you said now maybe use that money to fund your business to teach other people how to do as well well here's a point slightly to the contrary Ooh, <laughs> i love that i recently heard james franco say don't get too good at the small things and I think as you know, it depends on your goal. Obviously, if you want to be good at every skill in life and be able to do everything and have absolutely no deficiencies, you're going to be a good all around person and you will have value that way. Whereas if you want to be a business owner or somebody that's in the top of their field in music in sports in some other area, then actually the less time you spend on minute small things the better you know uh, taking bottles to the bottle depot i mentioned earlier that'd be one thing that i should totally eliminate from my schedule because i can probably make more money elsewhere writing another article for some publication would probably be a better use of my time if i can get mowing the lawn i'm renting so i don't have to mow the lawn shoveling snow i don't have to shovel the snow because i'm renting buying groceries like long-term perspective is to not do any of those things but in the short term i have to be i am the only person in my business so i have to you know evaluate carefully where my time is going but also do the things that i need to do in in the short term you're 100 percent right david i would 100 percent agree with you because in you know one of the skills if you can learn how to do for example your own taxes when you are paying an accountant to do your taxes down the road to free up that time for yourself you'll always know if your account's stealing from you as well right you can always know because you know exactly what you're looking for that's you true. understand how to do those things so in in part i do agree when you have the time and you have the money pay somebody else to do your taxes but if you're some who's looking for a way to you know save a hundred bucks right now or trying to keep a hundred bucks in your pocket learn how to do the taxes yourself and then when you're out of that position pay somebody to do your taxes and now when you're reviewing it all you'll always know right and you can always use that same information like you said earlier to help other people do their taxes you know you don't necessarily have to charge them in that case but let's say a friend asks you hey you know I know you did your taxes before you know what did you use on line 110 whatever line right uh, but you can always help people because now you 
you become that person that uh, that's that uh, person that your friends go to because you have that knowledge that they don't have, right? So it's not necessarily for everybody. It's not the the way everybody thinks. I understand that, but it's just one of the ways that you know that I was just thinking as we were chatting. No, that's a really fair point because you do want to keep a finger on the pulse of your business's finances. That's so right. It'd be silly not to. Yeah, that's how <laughs> a lot of uh, athletes, you know, just multi-millionaire athletes lose a lot of money too, right? Because they entrust their finances to Someone other else. people, right? Like. Uh, uh, prime example was uh, Mike Tyson. You know, he had uh, a lot of his money stolen from uh, Don King, right? Because he wasn't paying attention to his his taxes, his finances. He wasn't, you know, he put it in somebody else's hands, right? So there's a place for putting it in somebody else's hands, and there's a place to know, like you said, keep your uh, finger on the pulse on knowing what is actually happening within your own life. Yeah, and what you just described, that type of exploitation, is also fairly common in like wrestling as well yeah absolutely so something we both grew up on i have a feeling yeah definitely <laughs> man um our grandpas you that's how you get introduced to wrestling right it's your grandpa always <laughs> well i think it was my cousin my grandpa wasn't living in uh oh, okay. in, in uh, montreal with us uh, back then but uh i think my cousin introduced me to wrestling at the time <laughs> right <laughs> um my last point that i have here was uh something a little different uh something that i started doing i guess it goes kind of into that arbitrage uh idea that you were talking about earlier a little bit yeah. but a little bit different um one of the things that I'm starting to do is also build my online presence through my own online business uh, with different teas and just different products that I'm always looking for that you know I can uh, buy uh, as buy in at like a lower green price. tea, black tea. Yeah, exactly. Green teas, black tea. Um, you know, even nowadays I'm looking at different uh, herbs that I can even mix together with those teas that do different things for people. Um, you know, but one of the things that I was doing is just to kind of start my startup capital again. I've always been uh, the type of person that says you know I have a little bit of money. To to invest. So I don't mind taking that small investment to turn it into a larger investment. Yeah. Now, I kind of uh, changed my mindset a little bit the other day. Uh, I started, I was actually listening to um, a podcast uh, called uh, My Wife Qu- Quit Her Job. And um, one of the things that the guests on the show said was... What was his name again? Cho? Uh, yeah, Steve Cho. Steve Cho. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things one of his guests said was... Um, as soon as they made an order of the product, they started pre-selling the product right away before they even got the shipment to their door. So one of the things I thought of was like, well, before I even order the product, why don't I like the idea of drop shipping? Why don't I try to pre-sell the item before I even order the before item? Before even bring it in, and then I can bring it in and ship it to people right away, right? Yeah. So, so not on a huge, large scale, but enough of a scale to you know um, try to try to make a little extra money on the side, plus some giving people a service i'm giving them a product that they want uh, or that they didn't even know that existed until i posted it and saying hey who would be interested in joining me in purchasing one of these items as well it's like e-commerce on a smaller scale absolutely which i like too and my last point was also kind of skill-based and it's interesting how like I don't know if we planned it or not, or if we were just on the same brain wave, but like all these kind of seem to tie in with each other, which is, you know, to have a skill, but you know, selling household items, I'd say is one thing we can all do, even if we don't have particular experience or skill, but freelancing would be an area where you would have to have some kind of skill writing articles. That's how I've made a good 
portion of my livelihood in the last few years music another place i've made a good portion of my livelihood web design that's something people still pay for graphic design i don't know if people will ever stop paying for graphic or web design despite how easy the tools and how good the tools have gotten if you want something unique if you want something really good that stands out you probably still need to design it yourself or find somebody who is willing to design it for you so there's so many different skills that you can sell as a freelancer and also, I mean, we're not freelance. Us freelancers aren't always the best managers of our time. <laughs> so that's something I'd say to, to watch out for. But for making an extra 100 bucks, you know, you could probably put in an hour or two of work. And even if you're completely inexperienced, I'd say you could easily do that in eight hours of, of work. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things I like what you said about freelancing was it's not necessarily something you have to do in the writing industry or or whatnot, right? So I know myself, uh, this year, one of my goals was to take up a new hobby because I think I don't have any hobbies. Photography, right? Yeah, it was photography. So one of the things that uh, my wife kind of signed me up uh, without even asking me, which is totally fine because I (laughs) I would love to do it anyways. Uh, One of my friends here is actually just getting married in in December here. And uh, she asked me if I could um, be the photographer at the wedding and I said you know I don't know anything about it but you know what it put me on the spot where I have to quickly learn and it's now taking that hobby that I really enjoy and making potentially something of it I'm not obviously charging him anything I'm doing it for free but it that's part of the freelance sometime is first starting off you know not potentially making a lot of money at the front end until you get really good and people start seeing the skills you have yeah. and they really want to pay you for those skills that you bring to the table anytime you um you know, talk to them. Well, I think that's a good thing to pay attention to. We call it resonance, right? When is an idea being, you know, supported by so many people or they see the potential or the value in it, or they tell you that you're really good at something in particular, those can be good indicators sometimes of directions to, to start heading into and, and become more competent and, and, and better at. For sure. Um, one of the things I know we're probably coming close to the end of our uh, our uh, podcast. How today. did you know? Uh, well, you know, I can see the time on the screen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's right. actually pretty good. Um, but one, and plus, I think we've gone through all ten examples. Plus, I think we we've given uh, probably a few more than ten examples in there. That's but, right. Uh, one Five of the things, times two ways. Actually, that's still ten. It's still ten. Always <laughs> going to be ten, no matter how you how you multiply. <laughs> uh, one of the things I'd like to know from our uh, listening audience is, you know, have they had an opportunity? to kind of start brainstorming and thinking of different ways they can make a hundred dollars you know if not per week per month you know even if it's uh, you know per day I'd love to know what people are thinking on a big scale but also what they're thinking on the smaller scale right because I think if you could start figuring out how to make even ten dollars a day to twenty dollars to thirty dollars to forty dollars you eventually start figuring out how to make more and you know potentially even then becoming that entrepreneur that you may be dreaming of to become yeah if you're not looking to be in any sort of business hopefully we've still given people examples that they can use in their everyday life and maybe even use from their everyday hobbies and skills to implement and then maybe just help people and just look for different ways to make a little extra money as well yeah absolutely and in addition to like any additional tips that you might have around how to make 100 bucks we'd love to hear success stories as well so if you succeed using any of our suggestions and making the extra hundred dollars we would really love to hear about that and we'd like to hear how this episode encouraged you so we hope you're feeling powered up is there anything else Naveen? no man i'm excited 
Wicked. Well, this has been a great chat and we look forward to connecting with you again. This has been Using Your Power. Check us out online at usingyourpower.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.